Blog Talk Radio. Saturday, they're part of the Speak Up Network. Uh, my man uh, Levon and 
uh, you know, real radio. Yo, they they he comes on Saturday morning. He knock out his thing, you know. But you know, it, it, it's only um, so many people. Uh, you know, it, you know, we can only do so much. And you know, we we hoping that we hope. Shouldn't say we hope. We hope that there are, um, you know, we, you know, there are other shows out there that that's giving you what you need. But just in case it's not, you know, hey, I will uh, come on today and deliver you the goods. Man, you know what? First thing, let's jump into to this situation uh, with Donald Trump, Super Tuesday, uh, Super Saturday's coming up. Man, this is some ridiculousness going on out there. And I, I just want to say this first. When people run up to you talking about don't believe in conspiracy theories. This is why you need to be questioning these people. What you're seeing going on right now, this is what we call the water cooler agreement. Now, I want you to follow along. Donald Trump running for office as president. He's a super Republican now. A few years ago, Donald Trump was Hillary Clinton's biggest supporter. Donald Trump is getting vast support from a lot of evangelicals and other members of the Republican Party who normally are far right. But these people... These pro-lifers are always vehemently against anybody who is for abortion. Donald Trump is for abortion. Don't believe me? Go and look up some of his uh, previous comments on being pro-choice. This is nothing new. This is a shell and a con game that is happening in front of everyone. And the sad part about it is that people are eating it up. People are eating it up. Donald Trump is not trying to become president. If that's what you're thinking... You're mistaken. He doesn't want to be president. He does not want to be. Donald Trump has no desire whatsoever of being the president of the United States. Doesn't make him enough money. He's a billionaire. Use your common sense and ask yourself, what billionaire guy wants a job that's going to pay him a little bit over a quarter million dollars a year? You have to have these long, drawn-out discussions, debates with the Congress. This is not like a uh, corporate board that you smooth over and try to get favor with. No, no, this is the United States Congress, the United States Senate. These are elected officials who may see things your way, who may not see things your way, but they also have their puppet masters who are normally 
the people who are uh, lobbyists. Donald Trump don't want none of that. That's not what Donald Trump is in this for. I'm going to bring it to you in just one moment to break it down to you better. Think about it from this point of view. If Donald Trump becomes president of the United States, what happens to his empire? Any of you thought of that? I mean, I'm not saying that you care about Donald Trump because I can give a damn less about Donald Trump. I'm, you know, I can, I can give a damn less about his empire. But when I look at the big picture and I think to myself and say, you know what, what's really going on there? And when I when I watch MSNBC, I watch CNN. I'm seeing a lot of Fox News light. You know, they got the same characters that would normally be on Fox News, but it's not quite Fox News. What is that saying? See, because Trump right now, Trump is keeping everyone interested in politics right now. He's the reason why the candidates are going to have to spend all of this money keeping people entertained. He's the entertainment. I want to go on the record right now and tell you, Donald Trump will not be the Republican nominee. Look for this. Look for Donald Trump to have an epic meltdown in the next few weeks. Now, look, with this epic meltdown, it's not going to be a meltdown that you'll be like, oh man, he, he he really lost it. But he's going to show a little bit of emotion. And when he shows that little bit of emotion, they're going to hold it over his head. And when they hold it over his head, it's going to be hard for him to recover. They've let him escape through the KKK talk. They've allowed him to on bashing women. But the one thing he will not be able to escape is once the Republican Party is fed up and their corporate buddies have gotten enough money, they are going to put an end to the circus. You heard it here first. He will not be the Republican nominee. Neither will Cruz and neither will Rubio. You can take that to the bank. Somebody else will step up and run for president. But no matter what, they are not going to win. It is Hillary's to win or to lose. And no, before you think to yourself, start spreading rumors in your head about me, I am not supporting Hillary. I am not a fan of Hillary. As a matter of fact, my name for Hillary is Mommy. Write this acronym down. I want you to write this down and Spread the word. This acronym for Hillary, Mommy. That's M dot O dot M dot I. That stands for Mother of Mass Incarceration. That's what that's short for. I want you to call in today, 347 826 
9600. Let's really rap about this thing, man, because our people, we're in trouble here. We are in trouble. I just want folks to understand, man, that this is this is severe stuff that's going on right now. We're in trouble, not because of the politicians. I want to make that clear. The politics in America has never been too favorable for African Americans. You know, a lot of us have this false belief that Abraham Lincoln was such a good guy and he freed the slaves to help us out. No, he freed, he freed the slaves so they could win the war. For them, freeing the slaves was a necessary evil in keeping the Union together since it was the slaves that, A, gave the South the majority of bodies in the country, B, allowed the South to have more wealth than the rest of the nation, and C, Southern slaves were helping kick the Union's ass. Conversation that you don't have much. Conversations that most black folk don't really want to talk about, and white folks don't want to talk about it because it's almost outright embarrassing for us, and it'll let you know the truth of the story when it comes to them. And somebody said, well, man, why would... Black or African American slaves fight for the slave masters. Well, when you're a Negro, that's K N E E G R O W, and you don't know any better, this is what you do. You fight for your master, <laughs> you fight for your oppressor, you believe what your oppressor believes. You celebrate what your oppressors celebrate. You do these things better than your oppressor. The days your oppressor take off, you pick up the slack. Hey, when you're a Negro, K-N-E-E-G-R-O-W, you make up all the excuses in the world for your master. You know, you start saying like, hey, it's been 77 Oscars, and we ain't got nominated in all that time. Wasn't no boycott back then because we were worried about people hanging for trees. See? That's a Negro for you. That's a part of that. that that's part of that Negro, you know, that, that, that's that Negro stuff right there, man. I I, I don't want you guys... To, to get lost in the sauce I'm going back to politics But I'm just explaining to you This is how the Negro thinks And you know Old Hillary You know Old mother of mass incarceration Who was out Saying that we got this super Predator problem in the 90's And we just need to make these People heal Now I don't know about you, if you're familiar with animals, but where I'm from, the only thing that you make heal is a dog. Keep your goddamn apology. Keep it. This overmass incarceration of African-American males who are locked up for crimes, 
that are not violent. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton on his way out the door as president wrote a pardon for his brother Roger. Let's see if the real black president, that's Barack Obama, give any pardons worth anything with some of his people or some political prisoners. Hey, I would love to see Asada Shakur get a presidential pardon. Mamiya Abdul-Jamal deserves a presidential pardon. But see, when you're dealing with this, these hypocrites who are powered by hate on white folks' side, then self-hate on the Negro side, you know, you got to be out your damn mind, literally, to be inside of any community that's African-American and listen to some damn whack job explain to you why you should be voting for Hillary. Well, Bernie Sanders is promising things that he can't deliver. They all do that. Remember change you can believe in? You keep on saying you want eight more years of that. Have you looked and seen some of your relatives who can't find a job? See, no mention of that. They all promise things that they really cannot deliver. That is a part of the process, unfortunately. And, hey, let me say this to be frank. Not saying that Barack Obama lied to you. Not saying that Bernie Sanders is lying to you. But, you know, it's like you before your paycheck. You know, before that FICA lady steps in. You got all kind of ideas on what you're going to do with your money. You know, you might go to the mall. You might buy something nice for your wife. Might buy something nice for your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband. Might be deciding to take your mother out for dinner, your father out for a lunch. Might be thinking about getting those earrings that you always wanted. Might be thinking about, you know, going on a cruise. But damn, you get hit with FICA and all the mother taxes. And before you know it, your plans change. Well, that's how it is when you go dealing with the Congress and the Senate. Yeah, you got ideas. You got bright ideas. But hey, your job is to come with the ideas, try to build the coalition with the ideas and make things, make change happen. All of a sudden now, Hillary Clinton said, oh, Bernie Sanders is promising things he can't deliver, like college for everyone. Well, Barack Obama is already trying to do that now with the free community college. So far-fetched that Bernie's talking about that. You shouldn't be, I just went to a bank ATM today. Bernie said, well, look, man, you go to the ATM, you're paying $4 for a charge. And it's easier for the banks to pay you via the ATM, and it saves them money. Why are you, as the customer, why are you paying? Hmm. That's far-fetched, huh? For somebody to be looking out for you. And the reason why I'm on this Negro mentality right now is because, to me, that is indicative of what the problem is. 
See, the problem is you never had anyone to look out for you. You've never looked out for yourself because most of it we spend our time looking out for the master. Just like those slaves during the Civil Rights Movement. Not Civil Rights, I'm sorry. Take that back. Take that back. Just like those slaves during the Civil War, those who fought for the South. They didn't know what they were doing. A lot of them were forced to fight. A lot of them didn't rebel. I mean, we had slave rebellions. You know, we're going to talk about the the Gullah the uh, in, in an upcoming show. And we're going to talk about those rebellions that are not talked about. And we're going to talk about how those rebellions were a part of the Civil War. And why that's another reason why peace came about. Because the slaves, or the, the revolting slaves, were kicking some ass on both sides of the fence. And people don't talk about that either. But then you had other slaves who were fighting to keep slavery intact. And you see that today with the vote. Donald Trump, or Donald Trump, whichever one you want to call. He was, this weekend, tagged with, you know, support from David Duke. When when he was pressed on it, he really didn't want to answer. He just pretty much said he didn't know who or what they were talking about. Um, he doesn't know who that is. And he's just pretty much saying, like, hey, you know, for the most part, I'm Donald Dumb Trump. And, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm smart. I'm smarter than everybody in the room. I don't know who that is. And not only do I not know who that is, I don't know what they are. He did not step away from the Ku Klux Klan whatsoever. And, 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 hey, before you, you know, go hard on Trump, I just want to give him some props for one thing and one thing only. He did not do to the KKK with mommy, husband, that's mother of mass incarceration again, what her husband Billy Boy did to Sister Soldier. There was no sister soldier moment with David Duke and the KKK. That's something to keep in mind. Because the one thing that we see time and time again with the politics, and black people are okay with this too, when Democrats are running for office, if there's an African American that is close to the Democrat, they call it the sister soldier moment. It's okay to trash that person for votes. You know, not only disavow the support or separate yourself from the support of that person, but to publicly shame that person. That's named after a sister. I, I, I just, and, and Bill Clinton is the father of it. It's called the sister soldier moment. I'm, I'm just going to state that again. Because sometimes, sometimes as a people, we don't process what other people to us, what other people say about us. So that's called a sister soldier moment. Now, 
moving forward. You know, you got the sister soldier moments, and then it's the KKK. You know, like like somebody else pointed out, they point out on this meme on Facebook. Pretty smart meme. It talks about how the FBI has broke up the Panthers, how they've, uh, you know, gotten themselves in, 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 in with the nation and, you know, help, uh, you know, cause some turmoil in the nation. But they've never done anything to the KKK. <clears throat> Letting you know whose side they're on. This is very important. This is something that you need to look into. These are ways that you need to pay attention. But Trump, so happens, doesn't have to do that. In May of 1927, would you believe it? Clan members were marching through Queens in New York. And on their way, or out their way, you know, not on their way, after they were marching through Queens, Trump's father was arrested. Now, it was a big brawl. No one necessarily knows what happened, whose side, what Daddy Trump was on. But if I had to put my money on it, you know, with Donald, I would almost guarantee that Daddy, you know, uh, Trump was fighting on the behalf of the KKK. I would almost... Stake it But You don't have to believe me Just to Like you should be doing the research on the Clintons You know th- This thing where we fall asleep The wheel You know I've I- I seen The press clips where we've You know Gone and showed out on Bernie Sanders And we've done these things And we You know John Henry Clark was on point. I say this every show because I believe it. We just make terrible allies with people who do not have our best interests at hand. I am never saying to any of you out there that politics is the answer, but it is a part of the solution, a very small part of the solution. But you got to make smart, smart, calculated Political allies And you do not You do not throw your support Behind men or women Who will not give you The support you need back It's very important That we understand that Donald Trump will not give us anything But what he has done for us Is he's exposed a lot of the racist thinking of whites in this country 
what his counterpart Hillary Clinton has exposed is that we have a long way to go because we still have a large portion of our people who have that Negro mentality. Time for our generation to do something about it. And we need to work it out. generation man we gotta we we gotta do something about this i'm calling on my generation x's though um you know i you know i i'm i'm sincere about being a generation x man i love my generation i i think unlike other people they always say um gener- you know the baby boomers are the greatest generation and i'm here to say that's a damn lie i'm here to say that we are the better generation and the reason why here's a couple of things for one, whatever's wrong with our generation, man, the boomers have pretty much, they're pretty much the root cause of our issue. So I don't want to have a goddamn thing coming out of their mouth about them being a better generation because you can't be a better anything when you're the one sabotaging somebody else. The other thing that I would like to say is, hey, with the progress that we're supposed to have in this country, the boomers have had a set-up suite for a long period of time, and they haven't really done much to it but keep white imperialism and white supremacy going. That's the first thing. I mean, the second thing, the other thing I would say about our generation is that we've been hampered with crack cocaine, mass incarceration, um, you know, single-parent households. We've been hampered down with all these things, but we have showed uh, resiliency, we have showed creativeness, and we have showed that, hey, no matter what has gone down, no matter what has gone down, we've stepped up and we've tried to figure this thing out. And, you know, if they just got out the goddamn way, we would do a lot much. We would do a lot better. That's just fact. And what I mean by get out the way, I mean, hey, listen, a lot of ideas are old. 
Now, I'm not one of those people that believe that, hey, racism is a thing of the past. We got this whole, uh, you know, uh, one world, everybody's one. I don't believe in that. But I believe that what's going on in politics right now is a sign that this is what this is what happens when you have a certain generation that just don't want to let go. And what I mean about not wanting to let go, if you've looked at politics, I, I, I want you to look at it. I want you to think about it. I want you to, to, to really just think about politics and go into, and just think about what we've had with Hillary Clinton. When you have a woman uh, running for office, that's a beautiful thing. More women need to be in politics. But the flip side of more women need to be in politics is that we need people who are up and up in politics. I, I You know, I, I watch uh, Elizabeth Warren. I think she's a pretty sharp lady think the things that she's trying to do as far as making sure the consumers are not uh, uh, getting robbed by the, the corporations they're doing business with, I think that is awesome. I also like Maxine Waters. She is one of my favorite politicians. My favorite member of the Congressional Black Caucus is Maxine Waters because you can go on YouTube this. Maxine Waters in 1998, I sat with my oldest son in my lap, and we were watching as Maxine Waters was challenging the CIA and other government officials about uh, bringing crack cocaine in our communities. That's something that's big. That was a woman who stood up there. You know, it wasn't no man. She wasn't beating on her chest with bravado. She was sounding like a mother, a grandmother who was concerned about her people, about her community. That's what we need. We don't need any more bootlickers. So anytime we get women running, I'm all for it. But what I'm not for, I am not for taking uh, the entire country on his BS ride with Donald Trump, who is her buddy, by the way. I'm not for that. I'm not for taking the whole country on a ride, trying to make people forget as if it wasn't her husband who said back in 2008 to Harry Reid, uh, the former leader of the uh, the Senate for the Democrats, uh, he told Harry Reid that, you know, if it, a few years ago, President Obama would have been serving them coffee or tea. Not to mention some of the racist, prejudiced lies that were thrown at President Obama inside of the state of Pennsylvania when he ran. Look, man, this lady is bad business. Take Another thing you can throw out there is that she also worked on Barry Goldwater. Now look up Barry Goldwater and look at this racist clown. Right, we talking about Southern strategy, the same strate- Southern strategy that Donald Trump is employing today. The same Southern strategy. So you got to know when the dog whistle is being blown. So Donald Trump is using the strategy of the man that she worked on his campaign when she was a young woman. So this is rooted in her foundation. This is who she is at the core. Uh, that's the core of who she is. No one has to make make these things up. No one has to make up the fact that she said that we need to make young African-American males heal and talking about these super predators. Yeah, okay, it's nice that the author of the theory of the super predator back in 2000, and I think it was 2004, came out and said, oh, all those theories that I wrote about in the 90s that I got a job, uh, with the Bush administration, that I, I got laws passed in this country to lock up all these young black males. Oh, I man, all oh, that was BS. Yeah, yeah, that was BS. Okay, that's cool. You said it was BS, but hey, 
Uh, how many people are coming home early? How many people have lost loved ones based off of this thinking, based off the police having this training and thinking that every young black male that they come in contact with who look like a Timmy Rice that's 11 years old, you need to gun down. See, when you start talking about uh, what's going on in this country and where did this come from, you can look directly, you can look directly at the Clintons for that. Locked up more African Americans than any other president under his watch. Don't give me this BS about no goddamn economy. It was predicated on a bubble, the dot-com bubble that burst. Where are those jobs at? Because we're still dealing with the effects of NAFTA. If Obama signs this TPP agreement in, man, it's almost curtains. Almost curtains for us as African Americans. So you got to know what your friends are doing, and you better damn sure know what your enemies are doing, but you better know your enemies from your friends. And what I saw with the Super Tuesday uh, results, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. I am going to pull up the stats. And I'm going to read to you the results of Super Tuesday. But before I do that, I, you know, I, I was so happy to see the minister, you know, make this statement because, you know, I, I rock with the minister on, on a lot of stuff. I, I love listening to Minister Farrakhan, and he says some stuff that needs to be said. I want you guys to hear this about Hillary. I, I just want y'all to hear How many of you voting for Hillary? You don't have to raise your hands. I do not blame you for wanting a female president. But that's a wicked woman. Now, now you can vote for her, but vote for her with knowledge. She can be sweet, but so can you. And you know when you're sweet but playing a game. All of a sudden, she know about Trevon Martin? All of a sudden? The boy been dead nearly two years. Now she's talking about him like she met the mother and, oh, white people it's a Satan and you fall for that crap most of you that went to jail for having a little blunt in your pocket they arranged that the Clintons mass incarceration came about under the Clintons Don't forget that. They call my young gangbangers super predators. And Black Lives Matter put it to her. She didn't know how to handle that. 
call you a super predator that has no conscience, no sensitivity, like you a dog, you an animal. We got to bring you to heal. You, my young brothers, this is what she said about you. And she didn't just say it. It became law and policy of the U.S. government under Bill Clinton and her wife, his wife, and now she's apologizing. But apologizing can't bring, bring back the broken family. And, and those are my sentiments. The hell with an apology. Enough of this. Look, I, this is the one thing about our people that pisses me off. We are quick to point out, point out how we're not monolithic. But those same people who say that always want monolithic thinking. I, I, I just want to point this out. The people that are telling you, that point out how different they are. You know, the black people who got white friends. The black people who, you know, like... And look, here's the funny thing. They point out like they got white friends, like they're the only people who met white folks that's really. That's what's funny. Or the people that, oh, you know what, I, I go eat at this white restaurant. It's so much better. I live in this white neighborhood. It's, it, it's so much better. I vote for Hillary Clinton. It's so much better. See, you guys don't understand because we're not all monolithic, but you should be thinking like me. You guys need to get with it. See, the Bernie, he's promising you guys things that he just can't give us. Bernie was getting flat and tore down by folks. Go look at some of those videos online and see when Black Lives Matter tried to go and talk to Hillary, what she did, and how she dismissed them. See, folks talking about, well, I'm just going to write in. Go ahead and write in. <laughs> it don't matter. She's going to win anyway. The Democrats have pretty much destroyed the Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the Clinton machine have pretty much destroyed the Democratic Party since 2008. Going back, you know what? Going back to 2004 for Hillary to become president. What they didn't expect was Howard Dean becoming DNC chair in 2006, helping Barack Obama becoming the the, um, nominee in 2008, and Dean stepped down. Dean should have kept going because what happened was the president struck a deal and he brought Hillary in the fold. Why do you think she became national security advisor? The biggest battle that the Republicans have with the Democrats every year, outside of <laughs> their favorite topics of, you know, culture wars, you know, who's gay, who's not gay, um, who's getting married, who's not getting married, mass incarceration, <laughs> you know who's getting the free black slaves, brown slaves, is they like to talk about national security. And her being the national security advisor to the president for those four years were big because that gave her national security experience firsthand. 
she would never lose that debate against anybody she's running against now. But ask yourself, if you're paying attention to this election, any young, bright senators or congressmen that you've heard about, how about any new Democratic mayors around the country? Heard of any? All of a sudden, 2008 has came and gone, and there are no more bright Democrats. Every political party has some young guns waiting in the wing. That's part of politics. That's how you keep things going. Who's the young guns for the Democrats again? Exactly. Then you got Bernie Sanders. Bernie is a part of the wing of the party they thought they got rid of. The liberals. You know, the progressives. While Hillary is lying to you. I'm be nice. While Hillary is lying to y'all and y'all eating it up, she is not progressive. She is a corporate Democrat, better known as a blue dog. They are, they would be Dixocrats if we were talking 1950s. She does not care about your black babies. Matter of fact, her husband and her was a large part of welfare reform. All these African-American babies that are going to bed hungry at night. Thank Hillary for that. Ain't got to make that up. Ain't got to make that up. These are the things that we're going through as a people. And we're just not, we're just dropping the ball. We're just existing, acting as if these things are going to go away. And they are not going to go away. They are not going to go away. You can pray to Allah. You can pray to Jesus, Yahweh, Jehovah, whomever. Your mystery God is not going to save us. It's going to take us to save us. We've been in this predicament forever. We voted. People say, oh, well, black folks don't vote in the local elections. That's the problem. Hey, have you seen some of the local politicians? I can tell you some, around, some of them around here are shady. You can't trust these damn people. First rule of politics to be a good one, you have to lie. But you're blaming the people that's getting robbed. Ain't that something? You blame the victim for being victimized. I don't blame the people who don't vote. The people that vote, who the hell are you voting for? And are you holding them accountable? What are you asking for in return? Is the fool really the person who don't vote? Or is the fool the person who votes but don't ask for anything in return? That's the question. Who's the fool? But we got mommy, that's M-O-M-I, mother of mass incarceration, She's with Trayvon's mama. She's with the mother of Tamir Rice. And if you've never seen the Scottsboro Nine, I recommend you do it. I am going to post the video onto Rad Radio's page tonight. I want you to look at the communist tactics that were used during the Scottsboro Nine case to see that nothing in this country has changed. These 
these these parents, these mothers, are, they are in pain. So I understand that they're in pain, they're hurting. But you have to be careful because these politicians, these snakes, they, the devil always come when you when you need them most, or when you need them most, and they use your pain and your suffering as a way to trick you. But it's easy to do when you got Negroes. That's K N E E G R O W S. These Negroes make it easy. They make it real easy. I'll be back in just one moment. nominated and not, Chris joked that he counted at least 15 black people in the footage, basically to point out that there were performances by black actors to nominate. However, the Academy chose to go in a wider direction. 
Chris highlighted the controversy that there were no black nominees, which led to pointing out the fact that many black actors decided to boycott the Oscars. However, Chris made it clear that he was not about to pass up on hosting this gig. And people are like, Chris, you should boycott. Chris, you should quit. You should quit. You know, how come it's only unemployed people that tell you to quit something? Huh? Chris brought attention to the fact that this year is not the first year the Oscars have been populated by white people, joking that since this year marks the 88th Oscars, there had to have been at least 71 other years that were also hella white. I'm sure there were no black nominees some of those years, say 62 or 63, and black people did not protest. Why? Because we had real things to protest at the time. Hence, the 50s and 60s being an especially effed up time to be black in America. Chris relieved some of the tension in the audience with a lighthearted Jada Pinkett Smith joke saying, quote, Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited, which was hilarious, but don't worry, he stated a disclaimer saying no shade intended. But then you could just tell that every white person's butt in the audience stiffened with a touch of awkward tension when Chris gave this reason why the Oscars would be a little different this year. This year, in the in memoriam package, it's just gonna be black people that were shot by the cops on their way to the movie. Chris went in, and I love him for it. He kept it real. And I had to put it the way I did with a white voice on there because I, 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 sometimes black people sit in their houses and they, they justify their justification of some of the silly shit that happens with us. See, she didn't sound uncomfortable. He kept it real. You know, I'm glad she used that, and, and, and this is why I used this clip. You know, Chris Rock, his jokes in the 90s was always mockery of African-American youth. You know, the super predators that Hillary Clinton was talking about. And his joke was, I'm just keeping it real. And look what she said. Oh, he kept it real. How real did he keep it? Unemployed people telling you to quit a job. Hmm. And last time I checked, you know, <laughs> Will Smith is self-employed. Hell, when Chris Rock was cracking the joke, Will Smith was on the movie set. Hmm. Some folks use the excuse, well, that 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 is one thing that Will would have said it, but Jada saying it. Why would Jada say it? Well, you know, Will and Jada are married. My wife speaks up for me. She has that right. Who in the hell is you to tell me that my wife can't speak up on my behalf? And who the hell are you to tell me I can't speak up on my wife's behalf? See, that, that that's the new level of coonery, because we're dealing with a young sophomoric Negro patch. Negro, K-N-E-E-G-R-W. This baby boy syndrome slash we gonna kiss up the white folks as long as we get a check. And oh, we we gonna tell them how it is. Just pay me later. Because he kept it real. You know, we, we, we had bigger things to protest like black folks hanging from trees. I'm sorry. Didn't see the humor in that. 
since the punchline later on was about black people getting shot on their way to the movies, and so many African Americans are being gunned down in the streets today, couldn't find a human in it. But you heard the laughters. Yeah, them white folks sounded nervous. Yeah, they was real nervous. You know, they got their swag bags that were full of over $70,000 worth of stuff. Man, they were so nervous. Chris Rock was up there telling those jokes, and old Whitey didn't know what to do with himself. Oh, Whitey didn't know what to do. Whitey was so scared. Whitey was just intimidated by those Chris Rock jokes. You know, sometimes you have to realize, ain't nobody laughing with you. They're laughing at you. That's something that I don't think Brother Chris recognizes. I don't think he understand that. But it's hard to understand that, you know, when you don't have to. He got a lot of black fans out there. I don't know five black people personally who like Chris Rock. I got, I know one brother of mine that's, you know, one of my, my, my closest brothers. He said he likes him. But I've been asking a lot of other people, man, and they said, look, bro, if Chris Rock is on TV and I and flipping through channels, and there's nothing on. Man, it's a coin flip if I'm going to stick around and watch whatever it is that he's doing, whether it's a stand-up, whether it's a movie. When you say these things, people, oh, you just don't like... No, no, it's not me just not liking him. Well, well folks, can, can people quote some, some of the things that he said that might be funny? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got some funny stuff somewhere in there. But he's he's showing a long time. That he just, this is what he do. Now, now real quick before I uh, finish off this thing called Chris Rock, I, I I just wanted to say that white folks they did their parts. I wanna I wanna give it up to the white folks. They did their parts on Super Tuesday, um, and the reason why I'm giving them their props is because if you go and you look at where, um, if you go back and you look at the states where Hillary won, Alabama, large presence, Georgia, large presence, Tennessee, Texas, large, you know, black and Latino practice, Virginia, whew, and then you look and see where, you know, she won in Arkansas, you know, them damn Arkansas folks are just stupid. I mean, not Arkansas, Alaska, sorry, no damn Alaskan folks. Arkansas is stupid, too, but you can throw Alaska in there, too. You know, deprived of sunlight. But Bernie won in Colorado, predominantly white. Minnesota, where I live at, predominantly white. Oklahoma, predominantly white. And Vermont. See, even white folks look and say, man, they're not going for that bullshit with Hillary. It was us who foolishly, uh, you know, did this thing with Hillary. That's something to think about. It's just like it was us who was talking about how brilliant Chris Rock was and how funny. Like, I didn't think it was that bad. He just made fun of Jada Smith and made a joke about a black woman, you know, grandmama swinging in trees. I didn't know that slavery was that funny. I didn't know that lynching was that funny. I didn't know you can make those kind of jokes about your people, and it was funny. Because, excuse me, when the last time you heard a Jew joking about gas stoves on television? You ever heard that? Nah, you never heard of that. But see, this is the kind of stuff that we laugh at. This is the reason why nobody takes us serious. You can't take a people serious that's not serious about themselves. You can't take a people serious that accepts 
everything. And the excuse is always, well, I was getting paid for it. Uh, and then it's always the excuse. But 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 see, he had to go. What about his career, man? Sometimes your career is worth sacrificing. Now, with all that being said, I was proud of this brother because he spoke up. And I'm gonna play this, and then I'm going to. Um, Come back and we're going to get busy But I want you, if you're out there I want you guys to listen to this Because this is what it sounds like When you understand You know, Damon Dash talks about the slave mentality Versus, uh, you know, uh, you know, free man um, mentality A slave finds stuff that, you know, find That as long as I got a job, I'm good That's why it's always the the, the, the you know the people without a job telling somebody to quit, you know that's where that joke from. Cause see you know the thing is we need to have jobs. That's the joke. See we ain't get they laughing at us. Ain't nobody, wasn't nobody sitting in the audience. People that was looking for a job, when they go in, they sign those contracts. Man, they they're contracting their services. They're not going out as employees. They're not an employee to nobody. The people that was telling him to do that, they're not. They're not employees. They're, they're millionaires. They're punching their own ticket. And, nah, I'm just going to play this clip. I got some more to say. I'll be Good back. Good morning. We have Tyrese on the line. What up, OG? What's going on, sir? Tyrese. Tyrese. man. Family. What's up? What's happening? My brother Tyrese out here starting trouble as usual. Uh-oh. Really? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, you didn't God. like Chris Rock's opening monologue at the Oscars? Uh, well, I've seen it online. Some of, some, I mean, a lot of what he said was very powerful and, and needed. Um, but, you know, it just made it real obvious that, you know, him, along with everybody else, was feeling the effects of, of, of you know, not, you know, the lack of diversity. It's amazing that he wants to tear down Jada Pinkett Smith on stage, but yet every joke that he cracked that was associated to diversity was was around a movement that that she started, you know what I mean? Like we've with the last couple of years, this this hashtag for Oscar so white um, has been floating around, and having a problem with the Oscars being so white, it's not necessarily uh, just a problem with people that are either capable of getting a nomination being invited to attend the awards or not. We got kids, we got sons and daughters, and, you know, we can't just sit back and just let this continue to happen. You know what I mean? I, if you decide to jump out there, then you pretty much take yourself off the list of ever being nominated or winning because you're being vocal about it. You know what I mean? So you got to be willing to take it on the chin if you're going to have a position. So she jumped out there mm-hmm. because her husband didn't get nominated, and, and it started a movement. You know what, so I mean? what do you so, think about people like Kerry Washington? She went and she said, you know, she is a voting member of the Academy, she said, for the past three years. But she felt like she needed to go to represent and have her voice heard in that way and to affect change within. I, I, I respect that. I mean, well, listen, if you know anything about movies, you know that on every movie set and TV show, they have what they call a prop master. And then you have props. If you need a gun... If you need a watch, you need glasses, you need jewelry. 
I feel like right now, until things change, we're being used as props by the prop masters. Oh, so you're saying they're not really inviting black people because they want them there. They're just doing it because everybody's making a lot of noise about it. Yeah, you're, it's like, look, we do like black people. We got a host. We do like black people. Look at the president of the Oscars. We do like black people. Look, Reginald Hutland is producing the Oscars. So don't use me as a prop. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't invite me to your house for dinner, and then the N-word is flying every other word out of your mouth. Donald Trump, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't play with me. But Ty, you know you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You know, um, um, he he did have a good point that you can't boycott something you weren't invited to. And I lo- I love Jada and Will, but it's not like Will spoke up and said it. Because like you said, if you speak up and say it, then people are not going to nominate you for Oscars in the future. It's not like Jada going to be nominated for Oscar anytime soon. Well, I mean, listen, if she goes and does the right project, we can't count her out. That's true. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we can say that her as an actress is complete trash. No, absolutely right. not. And no. so if she if she gets the right script, the right director, and, and she hit it out the park, then she deserves a shot, rather she's been vocal about it or not. Here's the thing. I talked to Jada today. I ain't mm-hmm. going to put our whole conversation out there, but at the end of the day, it's amazing to me when she gave me her list of all of these prominent black directors, writers, producers, and executives including some powerful Jewish people that pretty much run the town who have all been calling her, showing up for her, supporting what her position is, but none of these people are going public. Right. What is so it? don't privately support me and stand with me and not be willing to jump. I, I, I just want to stop it there. 347-826. 9600 press option one if you want to talk i just want to stop it there because for me that's all i needed to hear people secretly oh i i support you jada i support you what are they supporting who are they supporting you know, somebody out there speaking up. This is what we do. This is this is how you know the Negro thing is in effect. So the sisters out there taking it, taking all this criticism, speaking up on our behalf, on their behalf, and these folks ain't got nothing to you know say publicly, but privately. Oh, we support you. We support you. Oh, Carrie Hills. Well, I had to show up. Because, man, look, nobody had to do anything. Nobody. Brother Tyler Perry stated this a year ago, and he caught a lot of flack. He said, I don't deal with racism in Hollywood. I have never had to deal with racism. And people didn't get what he was saying. Tyler was just saying, look, I built my own studio. I got my own machine. I'm not going looking for these folks to do anything for me. So I don't have to really put up with that. I'm not getting turned down for roles. I'm creating the roles. Right? If you speak up, you can't work. Jada Pickett could always do a Tyler Perry movie. Oh, before some of you say, oh, Tyler Perry. Well, damn, 
something wrong with Tyler? I mean, let's let's be real. If more black talent and more black intellect would work for with and for each other, a lot of what black folks put out there would be better. A lot of it would be a lot better. Point blank. A lot of it would be better. We can't get ourselves to think about working for self, doing for self. So when somebody like Jada stands up there and she says, we need to boycott, we got a damn comedian critiquing her. I'm sorry, but you think grown-ups, one or two, is going to get an Oscar? Do you do you really think if they if, 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 do you really think that Chris Rock got a performance? Let, let, let's let's be one mil, let's keep it one million. Who the hell do you think will get an Oscar nomination first, Chris Rock or Jada? Hell, Chris Rock ain't that damn good of a comedian. I, I challenge anyone that can tell me. Why Chris Rock would get an Oscar before Jada Pickett? Jada Pickett-Smith, let me say her name right. You know, if you are a teacher and you're out there and you're teaching your, your class and your school is giving out an award and it's for the best teacher of the year, and you notice that, hey, there's some discrepancies on who's getting these awards, you don't give a damn what the janitor got to say about your award. He ain't getting an award anyway. The fuck he know about teaching. You don't care about what he's saying. You don't care about who the janitor. You don't care about if the people who say, wow, he cleans the walls pretty nice. You don't care what they think. Only people you really care about is the students and the parents. Chris Rock is the janitor in this situation. He's a comedian. He ain't gonna never be nominated. He's not. And this whole craziness about him <laughs> him making these folks feel nervous is ridiculous. When has a slave ever made the master feel nervous? I'm looking for the time. I'm looking for the date. Someone inbox me, call me. You know me personally, call me, text me. Let me know the day that, that, that a slave has made a master feel nervous. The only slave that makes a, a, a master nervous is one that revolts. One that does not accept, oh, you going to let me sleep in the house today? Oh, you going to give me the clean clothes today? Oh, boss, I get to ride in your wagon today? Oh, you going to allow me to play your trombone today? That's not the, ain't no, ain't nobody scared of that person. It's the person that said, no, nah, man, whatever you offering today is not good enough. I'm fed up. I'm done with it. I'm tired. I don't want no more. I am not going to accept what you're doing to me. I'm not going to accept what you're trying to give me. I don't want it. 
that's that's when the master or the slave master, I should say, is fed up. That's when they're scared. They ain't scared right now. They have no reason to. What reason would, does anyone have to be scared when you can literally look and see that as long as they are offering us money, we're taking the money? Sister could tell you all day long she showed up to vote because she voted. But the truth is she showed up because, hey, look, don't cut off the money. Don't cut off the money. That's the total difference. That's the total difference. When you look at other groups and when you talk to other groups and they talk about us, that's that that's the that's the thing that people always look at us, they look down on us for. Because collectively we got a bunch of Chris Rocks. We we, we got a we got a ton of Chris Rocks. Damn James Clyburn. Oh my god. That's Chris Rocks' granddaddy. I'm not saying this is actual real granddaddy, but I'm just saying. We got this ideology where we just feel like we're going to be friends with them. Then they're going to give us our way. We ain't going to never stand up to them. We ain't going to never say anything to them. We ain't never going to buck the system. We are never going to say anything, do anything that is going to make the system mad because we don't want to live with the long-term fallout. Even if that long-term fallout means freedom. That's the problem I have with the boomer generation. I'm going to say it again. Generation X. We're the greatest generation ever. Period. I debate anybody on that. You, you, you tell me we had to put up with Ronald Reagan... Bill Clinton, George Bush, George Bush, and Barack Obama, and we're still here. We had one guy flooding our communities with dope. His successor came in, sent some of us overseas to Iraq. His successor came in and locked us all up. While meanwhile he's being friends with all the you know he was cool with all the other drug dealers his buddies. Then we had to deal with his successor, who decided to start another war to send a lot of our people over to Iraq. Into the situation we're in now, where we don't we're losing we don't have jobs. We're so happy about things looking good and feeling good. We're so drunk with that. We're so enamored with that that we're not even mobilizing to say, wait a minute, hold on a second. You telling me I get to watch you on TV but my lights are turned off so I can't turn I can't turn on the TV? It's somebody in the dark right now smiling like, but at least Obama president, though. These are the things... That that we have to really, really think about it. And that's part of that Chris Rock Negro thinking. But I got a check, though. What happens when those checks run out? What happens when, what happens when they don't want to write the checks no more? 
What happens when you're Melissa Harris Perry, where they're putting you on television because, oh, Barack Obama's there? Go ahead and tell us what these black people are thinking. And then they say, well, we don't need you no more because he's leaving office. We have not, we have not done what we needed to do as a people to come together. And I, I, I'm telling you, family, part of it is this mentality that we have that everything is going to work itself out if we pray harder, if we just go along to get along more. And I'm going to tell you, we've done more of that than anything else. We spent a large portion of our time in this country not just working hard, but we've prayed hard too. And we've been law-abiding citizens. We have been. There's probably no more more law-abiding citizens than African Americans. Just a large portion of us get bad reps. And when you see somebody like the Smiths and the other people that backed her up, saying that they're going to buck the system, we cannot accept anybody. And when I say anybody, I mean fans, the actor, actress. We can't accept anybody turning on that. We got a call in. Let's bring the call in. Um, this thing is kind of jacked up tonight. What's going on? All right. Uh, Red Radio. Caller. All right, hold on a second. We're working throughout the kinks here. Yeah, but, you know, like I said, you know, we we can't have anybody uh, sell that out. We can't. You know, that, that that's unacceptable totally. You know, we, we can't allow that. Because once we start allowing that, once that becomes okay to treat us, well, not treat us, I don't want to say treat us, but when we can start saying, all right, well, this person has spoken out, this person has said this, this person has done this, man, there's not enough excuses in the world. Somebody posted the other day that uh, Chris Rock, you know, has this charity, and they were talking about all his charitable contributions and things of that nature. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's dope, that's cool. But, you know, I, I once saw a story where Clarence uh, Thomas had saw two African-American young men on a, a plane Had a nice conversation At the end of the uh, plane ride Clarence Thomas had decided To pay for the young men's college tuition Which I think, I think that's dope You know no matter what you say about Clarence Thomas Right that, that that's nice Some kids he did not know That were not conservative He listened to their stories and he said Hey you know what I want to pay for your college tuition Cut the check Cool but that don't pay. That 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 doesn't make up for all the other stuff he's done. Okay, he sent two brothers to college. Cool. How many other people have you hurt? And that's where I'm at with that. That's where I'm at with a lot of this stuff. I don't want to hear about your charity. I know it's a damn tax write-off. 
Welcome to Rant Radio. What's up? Hello? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, brother Barry? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing all right, man. What's going on? You you got us in the last 10 minutes of this show. What's good? Oh, I've been on for a while. (laughs) I just wanted to really listen. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you're tackling the topics that you're, you're tackling. And as as the one lone dead brother that you know that's a Chris Rock fan, I didn't actually uh, come on to defend Chris Rock. I, w- I wanted to make a point, though. Okay. All right, so I, I got to be honest. Uh, I did watch the monologue. I did watch the entire show. Uh, and, and although Chris Rock said some things I agree with, um, there were several things that were just cringeworthy. So I can't speak for anybody else, but... The, the the joke about uh, grandma swinging for trees, mm-hmm. just the visual of that made my head hurt. And I realized that comedians are supposed to be there to make social commentary in jest that you might not be able to make in a serious conversation, but mm-hmm. there needs to be certain things you just don't joke about. And he stepped all over those areas. And, and I'm saying this as somebody that actually likes Chris Rock. Hmm. Um, it makes you question uh, the authenticity, not 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 only of his black blackness, his manhood. Like there has to be a, a limit. Um, I've heard several comedians, from D.L. Higley to, to to other comedians, say, "Look, we we need to have their freedom to to challenge society's issues to to." To point a mirror to society, I, I got to be real. Again, it's somebody that likes this rock. He didn't really do that. Um, it, it really made him look suspect um, because I, I, I've said this before. Uh, I think you may have said it a couple of times. Uh, white folks ain't got too complacent and too comfortable. Mm-hmm. We keep trying to reinvent the wheel. They keep sticking to the, the rules that they know. And, mm-hmm. and, and and things are changing and not for our benefit. There are way too many people that are black that think things have changed dramatically and there are way too many white people that got too comfortable. And I, I, I got to say that I was really, uh, as a fan, as somebody who wanted to tune in to see if there was a difference going to be made, uh, I, I, was, I was disappointed. Now, I'm not going to uh, completely turn my viewpoint on Chris because I want to make a point. I really feel like one of the big, huge mistakes in this country in general is that we take our cues from people that ain't qualified to make him in the first place. Mm. I mean, uh, the American public put Ronald Reagan in office, a glorified actor. Right now, Donald Trump's got an opportunity, a, a potential chance, uh, being a president, what what is he really? A failed businessman who who's living rich off of daddy's money. Um, we put people in power based off of entertainment society that we live in, and it's bogus. And, and we're 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 all guilty of it. And I I think that I'm gonna step away from that shared collective guilt right now and just speak as a black man only. We got to police up our own, for real. I've I, I've I've pretty much said that every time I've gone to show, regardless of what the topic is, but it, it, it's really right. up to us to do a better job of that. Um, I had a conversation with a sister that we both know today, 
about some historical things that are undisputed facts. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and this is a pretty well-educated sister. And it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that we all would have known as common knowledge 10, 15 years ago. But now mm-hmm. it's different because the whitewashing of history. I, 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 don't, I caught most of the show, but I, I don't know if you uh, made a discussion, but me and you had this conversation earlier about the whitewashing of films, how Hollywood has really had a bad habit in the last 10 to 15 years of taking black historical figures with white writing teams and reintroducing this historical figure to society now, but you've whitewashed the story. Uh, race would be an example of that. 42 would be another example of that. Um, they're making wholesale changes, and we are not keeping up with the times to educate our youth to, to the truth of those things. Um, I don't know if anybody in black America has sat back and thought of how different things are going to be, and, and, and in my opinion, not for the better. Once Obama is out of office, not not making him a, a great savior of the country or anything, but I, I do wonder when he is gone, which we've already seen the fallout with a lot of the news programming and the black uh, leadership that was on TV to be able to talk about it, he he's on his way out. A lot of people got a chance to eat really well while he was in office. What's going to happen when he's gone? Um, a lot of people in this country are real out of pocket with with the disrespectful tones toward minorities in this country. I, the, the excuse ain't going to be we got a black president anymore. So so what's going to be the new deal? Because all of this hate that's been invented through social media and otherwise, it ain't going to get better once he's out. I think it's going to get worse. So I, I, I got to wonder... What's going to be our thought process as a collective? Now, I'm, I'm definitely going to vote uh, for the President of the United States of America, but I didn't go out there and caucus. I, I'll be the first one to admit that. I didn't. I normally don't. But I will be involved in the political process um, as far as making that vote, making sure I'm registered to vote when it comes in and when it's that time to decide who we're going to put in office. But it, uh, I agree with you, and my mind has changed. I used to look at people sideways that didn't vote. Man, when, when the options are really, really garbage, and we look at what the Electoral College can put, do with or without the, the, the public support of somebody, it does make you wonder why are we doing this. And, and I, I want to end my, my little rant with this. Okay. I would love to see the American public and I posted this a couple of times, I think a, a great majority of our influence and our power as a collective nation is invested in the Senate and the House of Representatives. And I think it's a complete and total travesty of justice that they can run as many terms as they want to back-to-back, and they can make a career of being in Congress. If, if we're not going to actually vote to send senators and the House of Representatives for, for uh, immediate terms, meaning you can only do two terms or three terms or four terms, are they going to let it continue to be a career? Their pay should be directly tied to what their constituents make, meaning if I'm a senator from Minnesota, then whatever the average pay is, everybody collectively, that's what I should make. Whatever everybody in the state of Minnesota has benefit-wise, that's what my benefit package should be. 
And when I'm no longer senator, when I'm no longer in the House, my stuff shouldn't be continued to pay for. I think since so much of them can block what a president can do, and we can get new blood in the Senate in the House, and it can change, and it accurately reflects the people voting, I think things could possibly change. I mean, because if we go operate in a crooked system, and the system is jacked, and we both know it is, then, then by all means, let, let's, let's fix what we can fix. Nobody ever seems to talk about that. I, I've never heard anybody in the American public look at the Senate and the House. We, we talk about them bad when they block stuff that the president put in, may want to put in the office or put in a play that we want to see, but we never talk about how much money goes into running this government that really shouldn't go. What, what, what do they really do? They're supposed to make laws. They take off days when they want to. They can freeze the government when they want to. And, and, and they can, like I said, you can be a senator or, or be in the House unlimited amount of times. That is like allowing a cancerous bacteria into your system and allowing it to fester. And even though you know it's making you sick, you never treat it. Mm. I yeah, don't know I would say, you know, as far right. as, uh, as far as, you know, things go, uh, you know, with, with, you know, the Congress, if you look back inside of, I want to say 2008, Maybe it was in 2000, between 2006 to 2008. They did this thing called campaign, uh, I think it was uh, this campaign finance bill with, um, what's the old guy's name, Uh, John McCain. And they Mm -hmm. decided that they were going to take all the pork barrel spending out of the Congress and the Senate. Well, that pork barrel spending that John McCain was talking about, those were the kind of sweetness that were put into Congress and into the Senate to where if you was the congressman and someone had a bill up and maybe you didn't totally agree with the bill, that person might say to you, hey, your district is in need of a new wing of the hospital, state hospital. Vote on this. We'll put $200 million on the bill. We need your vote for it to pass. You say, okay, you know, I really don't like it all. I'll go on the record and say what I don't like. But we need this $200 million because, after all, my people sent me here, right? The vote will be had. The vote will be had. You would state your piece, the vote would pass, but you never would have the log jams that you see now in Congress. President Mm -hmm. Obama was also a part of wanting to get rid of pork barrel spending. Well, if you look at politics, you need that. That's the fluidity in Congress. Once they remove that, I want to say 2000, uh, I want to say 2000, the talk started in 2006. I think they got rid of it in 2009 or 2008, and it has not been right since. So if you want to know what's wrong with Congress and why these things are, why bills aren't passing, that's part of it. The other part of it, brother, is you have to look at, you know, what I, you got to go back and listen to the early part of the show when I talked about how the Democrats pretty much tanked the entire party 
to make sure that they had no young rising stars in the party so that Hillary could become the nominee. That's very important to look at. It's very important uh, to pay attention to because that is part of the problem. See, when you don't have... Um, you don't have these young stars. You don't have these people that's going to get into Congress or get into the Senate to help back the president's bills, right? Then you don't have no bills at all. And I want, I, I want, I'm going to say this. Uh, President Obama is pretty much imprisoned by his own success. And I'm telling you, even though he won the battle of beating Hillary Clinton, he might not have won the war. He might not have won the war. Think about it. He took office in 2008. They had the Congress. They had the Senate. By 2010, they didn't have the Congress anymore. By 2014, they lost the Senate. And if you got the White House and the Senate, but you don't have the Congress, the Congress controls the purse. You see what I'm saying? So even though he beat Hillary, huh? You know whose fault that is, though, right? Whose fault is that? She is. She made a lot of promises to a lot of people in his own party. And I'm being honest, I don't believe in the bipartisan system at all. I think they do a whole bunch of emotional vitriol for the cameras and then behind the scenes to do what they want to do. But he made a lot of promises in his campaign to put a lot of people in positions of power. And then once he won, instead of honoring those promises to those people, he opened it up, I, I guess, to go across uh, partisan lines to make sure that the Republicans felt included. So he put Republicans in places where he promised Democrats. He, he put Hillary where he put her, all right. in the point of making alliances. And they backfired. What he should have done is go ahead and put the Republicans that supported you there for real in the position of power at the beginning and do what you can when you got a, 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 a Democratic uh, Congress, House, and Senate. He didn't take the advantage of it. He really did. But right. well, you know what? So I, I, were, I think that's part. I, I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is, you know, when you know when you when you have to do these things where they say, well, you know, because you want the other party to concede before you go into the um, before you go into the convention. And I believe that it was mm-hmm. a lot of deals. They, they call it water cooler deals. Well, you know, you talked about Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was supposed to run earlier when Nixon ran. They made a water cooler deal. The deal was Reagan was to let Nixon do his thing. Reagan had run after Nixon because the country was tired of uh, Republicans because of what Nixon did with the uh, Watergate scandal. That's how Carter ended up coming in. But you see, Carter had a short lift. That's yeah. called that, those are, those are water cooler deals. I, I'm telling you, Obama won the battle, lost the war, and, that, and that's the thing gotcha. because. The, the advantage that he would have had if he would have kept the Congress and he would have kept the Senate, it would have been they could have got whatever they want. Man, the country was done with Republicans, done with Republicans. I, I don't I don't care what they tell you on TV. This country was absolutely done with Republicans. The problem is the Clinton machine. And if you go, you, you know, you know what I'm, I might have to look for it. Um, I'm gonna have to look at it, you know. Uh, 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 what's my man? Howard Dean talked about how, when 
the Clinton machine stepped in with the case, with, with the campaign against with him and John Kerry. How Al Gore had to call him up on the phone, and Al Gore told him to concede to John Kerry, and told him, "Look, it's the it's the Clinton machine. They're going to stay in your way. You're never going to get what you deserve. Let it go." And that same machine, that's part of Je- Je- uh, what's the name, Debbie Wasserman Schultz who has been mm-hmm. in charge of the DNC since Howard Dean stepped down after the 2008 election. Uh, you know, black folks, we love Obama, but I'm telling you, if Howard Dean was not the DNC chair, President Obama wouldn't have not won because Howard Dean had an axe to grind with Hillary Clinton. And he also had a brilliant mind on how to attack the Republicans throughout the country. You need to have that at the helm. And if if you really look at the Democratic Party, just just go back and just think about well after the two thousand eight election, they lost the two thousand ten election. They won the White House but they lost Senate seats in two thousand twelve. They lost more in two thousand fourteen. And if they don't if they're not careful if they don't find the candidates that are right enough to run, they might lose more in 2016. And this is going on at the same time. All this corruption is out here for the people to see. Yep. So you have to you have to look at that and say, well, man, is that the American public or is a part is is the other party taking a nosedive? And if you if you if you look, giving it a clear look, and you look at the Democrats, the Democrats are not running. They're not running anybody worth anything. There is no new young guns anywhere. And part of that is because they were worried that the next President Obama would have been out there and would have stopped Hillary from becoming president. If that makes sense to you. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense. You, know, you just have to look at it from that, that standpoint of, well, look, if, if we never, if if we slow this thing down, we make this uninterested so people don't want to go vote. Well, man, she's going to win. She's a woman. They got, I mean, as you see, this uh, they got the feminist crowd pumped up, right? So that's right for her. Nobody mm-hmm. wants Trump. I mean, you, you, Trump is crazy. That, that dude is nuts. But then if you think about it, the Clintons and Trump are cool. This whole thing about they hate each other is crazy. They got pictures of them hanging out with each other at the country club. Bill Clinton goes golfing with uh, Donald Trump. Back in 2008, back in 2008, guess who was one of Hillary's main contributors? See? Donald Trump. So, you, I mean, this this stuff, man, this is, man, Vince McMahon couldn't write this, couldn't wrote, wrote a better script than this. This is what I like to call kabuki theater. This is Kabuki Theater, man. This is all for Hillary Clinton to become president. That's what it's all about, man. Trump ain't a serious candidate. Uh, Cruz is not definitely not a serious candidate. And that damn uh, Rubio, I agree with Donald Trump. He's a chump. Rubio's a chump. You know, he's a straight-up chump. He's a punk. So at the, who who is he running against? So man, he's gonna take a nosedive. Hillary's gonna get in. It'd be more black folks in jail than, than than it was again. They'll have another welfare reform part two. They'll talk about how we'll start seeing on TV 
how all these uh these black mothers is fraud and welfare again. You get a bunch of black folks saying we need to cut people off. It'll be a, some kind of um, quasi financial bubble. People start talking about how the economy's doing well and how you can find jobs. Uh, they lock all these people up. Bubble will burst. Um, you have more people poor than what you have now. It's the same old. It's the same old playbook, man. Same old playbook. The difference is. Uh, in the 90s when the Clintons were doing all this, you had you at least had the Jesse Jacksons who could say something, the Al Sharptons. Man, I don't know if you noticed this, Brother O, but we pretty much traded all those voices in. Yeah, I noticed. We, ain't, we don't respect Cornell West anymore. Tavis Smiley can't say anything. We told Jesse to shut the hell up. We told Al to shut the hell up. Who's going to speak up? Who do we got to speak up? You know, the, the past eight years, we put ourselves in a nice bind. And no matter what we think of President Obama, he ain't going to come out and say, speak up against any other president that succeeds him if things are going bad. And, and then other people will point out, well, what did he do for y'all while he was in there? What did he do to make it better for you? So we're in a rough, we're in a real tough situation. Real tough situation, and um, unfortunately, we're just not prepared, man. We're, we're just not prepared. But, you know, bro, I want to end, end it on that note uh, with the show. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be talking about a few things. Man. we we got a few things on, on the horizon. I'll be uh, posting more about it. I'm, I got a few guests that I'm trying to bring in uh, from out of state. I want to. I don't want to ruin it now, but uh, definitely tune in. We'll be in at 7 p.m. I um, I pushed it back a little bit today because I thought I was going to go to a board meeting. Didn't happen. But this Rand Radio, brother. Oh, I appreciate you calling in. Hit me up after the show. Just give me a call. All right. All right, y'all. Y'all be easy. Peace. All right now. Peace.